we're doing is in vain, is it not? And I'm thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's open this morning with prayer. Lord, we thank you today for everyone that's here, every man, every lady, Lord, that gathered here this morning faithfully, Lord, to study your word. We pray today that your word would be open to us and illuminated to us. God, we pray that the truth of the word of God would take root in our lives and our souls, Lord, that we may be better followers of you, that we may make disciples. Lord Jesus, that uh, we would be fruitful and faithful servants in the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, we pray these things in the lovely, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Hebrews, uh, the first chapter, is where primary reading is going to come from this morning. Uh, I'm going to read that before we get started so that we have a little bit of a foundation. And today we're going to study or, or, or talk about angels. Now I know angels is not something that we necessarily talk about a lot um, or, or you probably don't even preach about a lot, but yet uh, throughout scripture you'll find reference to angels. Amen. No doubt most of us believe in angels and uh, so I think it's important that we look at them from a biblical standpoint because there's all sorts of of wild ideas fanciful ideas about angelic and spirit beings floating around but I think it's important to um, understand what the Bible actually says about angels and uh, and to describe them that way and, and leave some of the imaginings of men um, and understand that the imaginations of men have made angels out to be things that they are not. And that's been done through popular culture, through through movies and, and songs and books. And it's, it's kind of fun to imagine what angels might be like. But I think we need to be silent where the Bible's silent and, and not really promote angels to be things that they are not. So Hebrews, the first chapter, uh, verse 1, God who at sundry times and in various manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in the last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made all the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, thank the Lord, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So we see that angels here are, are exalted and, and lifted up, but Jesus has a name that is exalted above the angels. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, and this day have I begotten thee? None of them, because angels are not begotten. They are created. Does everybody understand the difference? Amen. Jesus is the only begotten son of God. The angels are not begotten. They are created. Um, and again, I will be to him a father, and he shall to me a son. So, did God at any point call an angel begotten or call them uh, to be his son? No, he did not. Even though they are referred to in the book of Job as the sons of God. But uh, people, human beings, are also called the sons of God by inheritance. Um, that doesn't mean we're Jesus Christ. Amen. 
uh, verse 6, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into this world, that being Jesus Christ, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. So Jesus is the only begotten. When he was, when he was born of Mary, the angels declared his glorious appearing. Did they not to the, angel, to the shepherds? And all the world was to worship him, and the angels are to worship him. Verse 7, And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? Uh, but unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. So Jesus is anointed above all. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They, they shall perish, but thou remainest, and, all, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and the vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So uh, the writer here is establishing that Jesus is higher than the angels. God said to Jesus, sit, you know, sit upon my right hand and I'll make thy enemies thy footstool. Did he ever say that to an angel? No. Was an angel ever begotten? No. They are created beings. Verse 14, and they are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister uh, for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So are they not all ministering spirits? So angels here we see, um, they are spirits. So what is a spirit? What's a spirit, Pastor? Very good. Pastor said spirits don't have flesh and bones. They are, to use a $10 word, incorporeal <laughs> beings. It means they don't have a body. They don't have a body. So, they're spirit. They're, they're not flesh and, blood, but flesh and blood. They're not bones. They don't have joints. They don't have achy knees. <laughs> not like me this morning. They don't have a sore lower back. They don't have all that. Spirit beings. Uh, but he says here that they're not just spirits. It says they are ministering spirits. That means serving. They are servants of the Lord. And it says they are sent forth to minister. In other words, to serve for them who shall be the heirs of salvation. Who are the heirs of salvation? Us, the saints, children of God. We are heirs of and joint heirs with Christ Jesus through the power of the new birth and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We are heirs with Jesus Christ. So it seems here that men, it says pretty clearly that they are ministering or serving be, beings that are serving and they are sent to serve the heirs of salvation. Now that's important. They are to serve uh, on our behalf but we're going to find out later who it is that is the Lord of hosts and gives angels instructions. Because you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot of things, a lot of places about people commanding angels to do this and commanding angels to do that. 
think it's our place to be commanding angels. God will use angels in connection with how we pray. But God gives them the instructions. So, does do angels fight on our behalf? It's pretty clearly demonstrated in Scripture that yes, they do. But angels in the Old, especially you see this in the Old Testament, when they appear to Joshua, they got a message from God. <laughs> they got something to say. And so uh, they are messengers that are created by God to do God's bidding. So they are created, not begotten. That is, um, God evidently created angelic beings in heaven. We don't, again, uh, Brody got something. uh, uh, My father ordered something for Brody because Brody is so fascinated with the Bible and timelines and the order of things, how things happen. wants to know them in order. But, you know, it's not like the Lord spelled out for us in Genesis 1, it's so far beyond our minds and our, our abilities to comprehend. It's not like God saw fit to give us a step-by-step uh, chronological timeline of how he did things. Nor did he need to. Um, but, but our curiosity as humans, we want to know step-by-step-by-step, by step by step, how did this happen, how did this happen, when did you do that? So God, when, did, when were angels created? He didn't see fit to tell us that before us somewhere in there when he was creating the heavens and the earth was it before he created the heavens and the earth quite possibly was it in the midst of all that maybe so again it's fun to have a hypothesis on these things but if anybody tells, starts telling you things about with certainty about when angels were created as if God gave them the timeline again I think we'd be we're, we're better served uh, to understand what the scripture says about topics instead of trying to read into it too much. That's that's my take on that. We just have to come to terms with the fact that we don't have all the answers because God didn't see fit or see it as necessary to give us all the answers on this side of heaven. I think we're going to know a whole lot more when we get to heaven and all things are God reveals things to us but on this side of heaven uh, we've got enough to deal with already. So the word of God clearly states that angels are spirits and they are messengers of God who obey his commands. Um, so God is the one uncreated, eternal, self-existent being. And then God created uh, angels and then created humans. And so Angels, we understand, are spirits. They're immortal. They're incorporeal. Um, And then humans, while we have a mortal body, we do have a soul that is created, a spirit that that lives on. We believe that it goes somewhere, forever and ever. And it's going to be heaven with God or to be hell, which is separation from God. So there there is something that God has created within us that uh, we can't replicate and it's hard for us to even understand. So angels are spirits. Brother Nate, would you read uh, Psalm 104 and verse 4? 
who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire. All right, would you read Psalm 103, verses 20 and 21? Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Very good, thank you. Uh, so again, we read Psalm 104 and 4, which probably sounded very familiar to you since we just read it in Hebrews 1 and 7. The writer of Hebrews was quoting from Psalm 104. 104 verse 4 it says he maketh his angels his messengers uh, spirits uh, and his ministers or his servants a flame of fire and then psalm uh, that brother Nate read uh, psalm 103 verse 20 bless the Lord all ye his angels so what are the angels doing they are uh, they're blessing the Lord uh, that excel in strength and do his commandments so what do angels do? They do the commandments of the Lord. The Bible says they hearken unto his voice. They listen to the voice of the Lord. So, uh, bless ye the Lord, all his hosts. Amen. He is truly the Lord of hosts. The hosts of what? Amen. He has, he has angels. In, in the New Testament, we know that Jesus could have commanded a host or a legion of angels to to rescue him, to, to come to his aid, had he chosen to do so. He is the Lord of hosts. They listen to the Lord. So angels are spirits that listen and do the bidding of the Lord. Uh, Brother Nate, would you read Luke, the 20th chapter, verses 35 through 36? But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. So they which shall be accounted worthy, Jesus said, uh, to obtain that world, speaking of heaven, and the resurrection from the dead. So in other words, when we are re when we partake in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we are, are raised, he said we're going to be like angels in that um, uh, we're not going to, uh, to be dead, but we will live. It says, neither can they die anymore. Why is that? And we're going to put, Paul, Paul said this, this mortality shall put on what? Immortality shall not die. Uh, so we see here, uh, we're not going to focus on the resurrection, um, but we will be like angels in that, uh, number one, we never die. And at, also, as Brother Nate just read, uh, the angels do not marry. We do not marry. Now, I know it's popular in pop culture to have these imaginings of movies and books where these angels 
somehow choose to live a mortal life and, and marry human beings and have family. That's hogwash. That's Jesus says. Yeah, you can believe Hollywood, <laughs> or you can believe the red letter word of God uh, where it says angels do not marry. I choose to believe what Jesus said, that angels don't marry. So choose you believe I, I guess believe what you want to believe, but I'm gonna believe what the, the word of the Lord said. It pretty clearly states here uh, that in heaven uh, there will be no need for men and women to marry because we'll be immortal spirit beings, you know, we'll, we'll take on immortality. What's the point? About the point of heaven. That's that's a fleshly temporal world thing that God created, so there, there's no point in that, uh, in the resurrection, once we are resurrected, once we um, are in heaven, there, there's no point in that. So, uh, Brother Nate, that is also stated in Mark, the 12th chapter, verse 25. For when, for when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but, but excuse me, but are as the angels which are in heaven. Okay. So angels do not marry. Okay. Um, let's see. An uh, angels don't marry. Christ has a different nature from the angels. So, so far we've covered that angels are spirits. Angels do not die. Angels do not marry. And now we're going to look at another part of... Uh, understanding the nature of angels, which is that they have a different nature from Jesus Christ. Brother Luz, would you read Hebrews, the second chapter, verse 16? For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So, this is talking about Jesus Christ. He did not take on him the nature of angels, but he took on, uh, but took on him uh, the seed of Abraham. Jesus chose to come to earth, not as an angel, but in flesh and blood. Came to be flesh and blood. You know, this morning Brody and I were having a conversation on the way to church. Uh, uh, he was reading Matthew 5, so we were just talking about it. And Jesus explained to those uh, that were present to hear the Sermon on the Mount um, that... Uh, he didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And he goes on to say, uh, not one jot or tittle uh, will any will in any wise uh, pass away. It's all going to be fulfilled. It's all going to be done. Uh, and, and Jesus could not have done that had he been an angel. But the Bible teaches us that he was made flesh and blood, and he was tempted in every way that we are tempted. So he didn't destroy the law and the prophets. He fulfilled them as a man that was tempted, yet without sin. Without sin, Jesus completed all that so that he became the only flesh and blood man or woman that ever lived that perfectly and completely fulfilled the law and the prophets. That's amazing. It was impossible to complete 
or, or to perfectly keep the law and the prophets when Jesus Christ did that in that he was tempted every way you're tempted yet without sin. He did that and he did not have an angelic nature but he had a human nature. He had your, the same kind of nature that we have. That's the same way Jesus was flesh and blood, aches and pains, heartaches, troubles, temptations, trials, disappointments, yet he perfectly kept the law. It's an amazing thing. Um, we see also uh, that angels are of a higher order than human beings. Psalm, the 8th chapter, verses 4 through 6. Brother Luz, would you read that for us? What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. <clears throat> thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. Amen. That verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Again, we've already read in Hebrews how he had a more excellent and so, um, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels, and yet all things were made by him and for him. But he chose doubting was not anything made that was made, John, the first chapter. Man, that's good stuff. But yet he chose to be made a little lower than the angels, but crowned with glory and honor and everything all the works he said thou hast made him to have dominion over all the works of thy hands and put all things under his feet man isn't any wonder that when the seas and the tempest the tempest was threatening to sink the ship Jesus spoke peace be still and the winds and the waves obeyed him how did they obey him because he was given dominion over everything so angels, we see, are of an order that is a little higher than man. Um, Jesus Christ, in his humanity, uh, was made a little lower than the angels. So we, we've pretty much covered that. But Brother Luz, would you read Hebrews, the second chapter, um, verses two, uh, Hebrews 2, 6 and 7, and then verse 9. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou should visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with the glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of all thy hands. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God should taste the death for every man. Mm -hmm. So why is it that Jesus was made little lower than the angels. That's exactly right. Uh, you, could, I, you, can, you can try to nail an angel to the cross all you want to. There ain't no blood. There's no shedding of blood and no death. Wouldn't hold them. He's a spirit. They're incorporeal beings. They're had without the shedding of blood, the scripture says, there is no remission. He could not come as an angel achieve salvation something had to die 
to justify, uh, to make things right, to justify the wrath of God. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, and he felt all the weight of the sin of the world and mankind upon him, and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? But when they pierced his hands and his feet, and they whipped him, what came out of him? Blood. Blood. They pierced aside. Blood and water came pouring out. He was not an angel, but he he had flesh and he had blood. I'll let Pastor teach on refuting divine flesh one day if he wants to. You don't have to go very far up down this road to encounter that that heresy that Jesus was an archangel. Jesus was not an angel. He was made a little lower than an angel. He was an angel who don't have flesh and blood. Um, so we know that Jesus in his humanity was made a little lower than the angels. And what else can we know about the nature uh, or the um, nature of angels? We know that angels are worshiping creatures. They worship Jesus. Christ. Isaiah the sixth chapter. Sorry, I had a patty in my way there, Betsy. Uh, Isaiah the sixth chapter, verses one through three. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and above it stood seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. One cried unto the another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Mm, mm, mm. And the post of the door moved, the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So what are angels? They are worshiping creatures. Amen. They worship the Lord. They worship Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, in our text that we read to start, Hebrews, the first chapter, verse 6. And again, he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Amen. They worship the Lord of hosts, they worship Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So the angels were created as messengers of God. They're created to obey the, uh, the commands of God. They're created to worship God. And so it may be as shocking as it may be to understand to us, they are created of God, but there was a rebellion in heaven where uh, the Bible teaches that Lucifer rebelled against the Lord and he fell. He fell from the presence of God. Apparently all the angels that will fall have already fallen. Jesus said, I saw him like lightning <laughs> fall from heaven. So in the rebellion of Lucifer, all the angels were apparently put to a test, a supreme test, and some of them fell and some of them 
did not. Uh, and it appears that no more angels have fallen since then, at least not that we are aware of. Um, most Bible scholars agree that Lucifer was an angel in the beginning who rebelled against God. And he became what we know in Scripture as Lucifer or the devil. Uh, the angels who follow him are commonly referred to in Scripture as either demons or devils. Um, and so let's look at a few Scriptures to quickly to uh, look at that. Lucifer is mentioned in Isaiah, the 14th chapter, uh, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst thou weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So what is the arrogance and the rebellion of Satan? He wanted to be uh, above the one that created him. He wanted to be above God. Revelations, the 12th chapter. Uh, verses 1 through 4. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, be, she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain was delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So this is where we get the concept or many people claim that one third of the angels fell with Lucifer. So one interpretation of this passage is that one third of the stars refers to one-third of the angels, and no doubt you have heard that referred to um, many times. So let's look at uh, Matthew and what he said about the devil and his angels. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Sorry, I didn't mark that one for some reason. Matthew 25, verse 41. They shall... And then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. So um, there is an everlasting fire that has been prepared for Satan and his angels. Uh, Revelation 12 and 7 also makes reference to Satan and his angels 12 and 7 says there was a war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels uh, and prevailed not neither was their place found anymore in heaven the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accursed them before our God day and night 
they were over, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. So Satan and his angels, uh, devil, old serpent, old serpent, Satan, however you want to call him, Lucifer, cast out with his angels. Amen. So if the Lord has power to cast him out, Amen. We can participate in overcoming Satan because Jesus overcame. We too can overcome. Um, for sake of time, which we're out of, we're not going to get any more into uh, continuing this because it's quite detailed. But I, I do want to take time to, to mention this. And Pastor, feel free to give some commentary here. Um, there's this common misconception that demonic spirits or evil spirits, the demons, the devil, if you will, uh, has power. And true, he does have power, but there's this misconception that he has power over saints of God or over children of God. You know, that the devil can get you. <laughs> the devil, if you are living a repentant life, uh, if you've been filled with the Spirit of God, Satan has no power over you and over your household. cannot be possessed of God's spirit <laughs> and simultaneously be possessed of demonic spirits. Because the Bible teaches us what fellowship has light with darkness. neglect through bad choices and the works of the flesh yes the works of the flesh but we op we can open ourselves up to demonic influence Participate in evil activities. We'll call them activities. I don't know what the exact word is. <laughs> Amen. So uh, we are out of time, fresh out of time. So let's uh, let's just end this this morning with prayer. Lord, we thank you today for the study that we had this morning when we pray today. Lord Jesus, that this would bring uh, some enlightenment into our life. God, we pray today that this word would uh, settle in our hearts and in our minds. Jesus, we ask you, God, to be with us as we leave this place. And 
and go into our uh, as we go into worship service and as we go about after we leave today and we go about the days and and hours and after we leave here that this would come back to our mind God that you would bring these things to our mind and refresh our minds Lord to know that we serve a God who is the Lord of hosts we serve a God who has conquered all and that includes Satan and his imps but we're thankful today that through the power of the resurrection Lord we too Lord can overcome death we can overcome the grave God we can overcome demonic influences in Jesus name we